RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. No survivors have been found so far following yesterday's China Eastern Airlines crash in Guangxi. Troubled mainland property developer Evergrande says it won't be able to publish its financial results. And police to investigate students of a martial arts teacher who has been detained on suspicion of acting with seditious intent. Mainland broadcaster CCTV says so far no survivors have been found following the crash yesterday of a China Eastern Airlines Boeing 737-800 in Guangxi. Earlier, Boeing's chief executive Dave Calhoun told employees that the company would provide the full support of its technical experts to the crash investigation. Robert Kemp has more. In an email to employees, Mr Calhoun said he was limited by what he could say about the investigation, which is being led by the Civil Aviation Administration of China. Trust that we will be doing everything we can to support our customer and the accident investigation during this difficult time. Guided by a commitment to safety, transparency and integrity at every step, Mr Calhoun said. Mainland authorities say flight MU5735, which had 123 passengers and nine crew members on board, was en route to Guangzhou from Kunming when it crashed at about 2.38pm in a mountainous area near the village of Molang. It caused a mountain fire which has since been put out. President Xi Jinping has ordered an all-out search and rescue effort. Cash-strapped developer China Evergrande says it won't be able to publish its financial results by March 31st as required by stock listing rules because audit work has not yet been completed. Vicky Wong reports. In a stock exchange filing, Evergrande said that due to what it described as drastic changes in its operations since the second half of last year, the auditor had added a large number of additional audit procedures. It said once these procedures had been completed, the audited annual results would be published as soon as practicable, adding, as per stock exchange rules, its shares would remain suspended until then. The developer, which rating agencies have declared to be in default, is reported to have 300 billion US dollars in liabilities. The company also said its risk management committee was looking for solutions and communicating with creditors. The police say they are going to investigate each student who went to martial arts classes taught by a man who has been detained on suspicion of acting with seditious intent. The 59-year-old man and his 62-year-old female assistant were arrested at a shared training space in Chimsa Choi on Sunday following an undercover operation. Four students at the class were also fined for allegedly flouting social distancing rules. Senior Superintendent Steve Lee, who's from the Forces National Security Department, outlined the allegations. The aims of the, um, the class is uh, very subversive. Saying example to targeting, to, to get yourself prepared and the targeting the, uh, the communist, the Chinese Communist Party when one day is, is coming, something like that. So the guys and the ladies that joining the, the class uh, have a very prominent case for us to, to investigate whether it is a committed any uh, national security related offenses. Mr. Lee also said they are discussing with the Department of Justice to see whether it was suitable for them to charge them with a national security law, under the national security law. The head of the Hong Kong General Chamber of Commerce, George Leung, says the easing of COVID rules should encourage people to return from overseas. Speaking on an RTHK show, Mr. Leung welcomed the government's decision to lift flight bans on nine countries from April 1st and ease social distancing measures in phases from April 21st. He said companies would now be able to plan. 
By allowing Hong Kong residents to return, that means foreigners who have work permits and live in Hong Kong will also be able to return to work after a relatively short quarantine period. This will make it attractive for them to return. And if we can control the epidemic, we hope to further relax the measures and let in international travellers too. And ultimately, people will be able to enter Hong Kong without quarantine. I believe gradually they will come back. Health Secretary Sophia Chen says the government will continue to monitor the COVID epidemic to see whether it needs to reconsider conducting citywide testing. Speaking on an RTHK show, the health chief said the screening plan had been suspended for now because Hong Kong needed to focus resources on reducing infections, severe cases and COVID deaths. Speaking on the same program, government advisor Ivan Hong welcomed the decision not to press ahead with citywide testing. The best time to do citywide testing is when the epidemic first breaks out, but we have missed that chance. Doing it now would also be wrong because if you were to do it at or right after the peak, it would be useless unless we had the facilities to isolate the large number of positive cases that would be found. And later, if the epidemic eases really quickly, the cost-benefit is not proportional. You have devoted a lot of resources and manpower only to find very few cases, like several thousand. It won't help to end the epidemic. It will just end several days or one week earlier. Professor Hung says he believes the daily infection tally will have dropped to three digits by April 21st. He said should the epidemic ease off very quickly, then the phased relaxation of social distancing measures can happen faster, perhaps even having new relaxations each week. LegCo's development panel is meeting today to discuss plans to amend a series of laws to speed up land supply. These include limiting the time for public objections to projects and cutting public consultation from 17 months to nine months. Twelve green groups have joined hands to oppose the plan. Chan Hal-shun, a senior campaigner with Greenpeace, says in 24 previous applications they reviewed, public participation amounted to less than three months. She told RTHK that it was the government's administrative procedures that caused the longest delays. The proposal will only scale public participation to hide the underlying core of the problem, which is the extensive time government departments took for administrative procedures and public planning policies and electing the brownfield development as a prioritized option. And furthermore, not only does the amendment pick out public participation without increasing the speed of housing supply, it also creates irreversible damage by establishing the practice of reclaim first, plan later. Ms. Chan said there were other options available for shortening the time needed to supply land for housing, ones that wouldn't affect public participation. If they want to shorten the time for their process of handling the public opinion, they can put more resources and more capacity to handle the opinions. They do not have to cut the public opinion time. In fact, we have reviewed 24 cases in the past 10 years of repurposing the Greenbelt zones, and we discovered that each application in total takes 3.3 years on average, and the longest one even takes 8 years, but the public participation takes only less than three months for the cases. A tourism professor says he expects Hong Kong to fully reopen by the second half of the year and see up to 12 million arrivals for the whole year. Professor Haiyun Song from the Polytechnic University's School of Hotel and Tourism Management was commenting after the chief executive, Kerry Lam, announced the lifting of flight bans on nine countries from April the 1st. He told RTHK most of the first arrivals would likely come from the Greater Bay Area. Initially-
Actually, I would think yes. Most of the uh, arrive tourist arrivals will be uh, from uh, mainland, especially from GDA area. Uh, but at the same time, you will see international tourists coming to Hong Kong because of uh, the restriction has been lifted uh, in many other uh, source markets, main source markets of, of Hong Kong. Uh, but the predominant uh, arrivals will be mainly from China. Mainland authorities have recorded an increase in daily COVID cases, with Jilin province continuing to be the hardest hit. The National Health Commission reported 2,281 symptomatic local cases. That compares to 1,947 the day before. But the number of asymptomatic cases dropped slightly to 2,313 from 2,492. More than 80% of the symptomatic local cases were from Jilin. Overseas now, the Ukrainian President Volodymyr, Volodymyr Zelensky has said his country will never bow to ultimatums from Russia to surrender its biggest cities. Kiev refused an offer of what Moscow termed safe passage for those in Mariupol if they laid down their arms. The Ukrainian defense minister has praised those he called the heroic defenders of the besieged city. President Zelensky said the only way for Moscow to achieve its goal would be to wipe out every Ukrainian citizen. Ultimatums will not be met by Ukraine. We just cannot execute it physically. We have lost people, our people. How can we do it? All of us must be destroyed. Then their ultimatum will be automatically executed. A report in a Russian newspaper has indicated that almost 10,000 Russian servicemen have been killed since the start of the military operation. The website of the popular daily Konsomol Kaskaya Pravda, published on Sunday, quoted figures from the Russian Defense Ministry. Its editor-in-chief said the article was the result of a hack, and the newspaper would be posting an explanation later. Parts of Japan lost power today after the government issued its first-ever electricity supply warning. The move came as several power plants were forced to stop operating following last week's large earthquake. To ease the power crunch, Tokyo Electric Power said it would receive electricity supplies from seven regional utilities. But TEPCO said that by late morning, just over 2,000 households in three prefectures near Tokyo were without power. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 21,466. That's 245 points up on the previous close. The turnover stands at $64.4 billion. In currencies, short, a short time ago, the U.S. dollar will buy you 120.29 yen. The euro was at one U.S. dollar and nine cents, and the pound was worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 27 cents. To sport and the English Premier League, uh, the English Premier League club Chelsea are still attracting bids two days after the deadline passed for potential buyers to submit their bid. The European champions were put up for sale by their Russian owner, Roman Abramovich, shortly before he was sanctioned by the British government for his country's attack on Ukraine. The latest bid comes from the global investment firm Centricus, which carries assets worth more than 38 billion U.S. dollars. The BBC's Alistair McGowan has more. This firm, Centricus, say that they want to maintain and support existing management on both the business and the sporting operations at Chelsea, which may be good for the existing directors at the club, the likes of Bruce Buck, the chairman, or Marina Granovskaya. Meanwhile, Chelsea supporters will be permitted to attend the club's FA Cup semi-final against Crystal Palace at Wembley next month. This follows amendments to the club's operating license, which has prevented tickets from being sold due to the sanctioning of Abramovich. 
Six-time Grand Slam tennis champion Boris Becker has gone on trial in London, accused of concealing his wealth after being declared bankrupt. Becker, now a TV commentator, has denied all charges against him. More from the BBC's Nick Johnson. Boris Becker was catapulted to sporting stardom more than three decades ago when he became Wimbledon champion as a fresh-faced, ginger-haired 17-year-old from West Germany. More than three decades later, the player arrived at a London court, hand-in-hand with his partner, accused of acting dishonestly by failing to turn over assets to pay off his debts. Those assets included nine trophies and medals, two of which are his Wimbledon titles. He also allegedly failed to declare two properties in Germany, a flat in London, and is accused of hiding a loan of more than $900,000. The 54-year-old was declared bankrupt in 2017 and faces numerous charges relating to the period just before and after his insolvency. In court today, the jury was told to ignore Boris Becker's celebrity status and treat him as if he were not in the public eye. Mr Becker, who's on bail, denies all the 24 charges against him. The trial is expected to last for three weeks. The three-time Stanley Cup winning goalie Mark andre Fleury has joined the Minnesota Wild ahead of the NHL trade deadline. Fleury leaves the retooling Chicago Blackhawks to join a high-scoring team out west. Minnesota gave up a first-round pick to acquire the 37-year-old. After winning three titles with the Pittsburgh Penguins, Fleury went to the expansion Vegas Golden Knights in 2017 and led them to the Cup Final in their first season. NHL, the most the 2016 NFL most NFL Most Valuable Player Matt Ryan has left the Atlanta Falcons to join the Indianapolis Colts. The quarterback takes over from Carson Wentz, who was traded to Washington after just one season with Indy. The Falcons filled their quarterback position by signing free agent Marcus Mariota to a two-year contract. Six-time NBA All-Star Damian Lillard has been ruled out for the rest of the season. The point guard had abdominal surgery in January, and the Portland Trail Blazers have made it official that he will not return. Lillard played 29 games this season, averaging 24 points and 7 assists. The Blazers are 12th in the Western Conference, having dropped 9 of their past 10 games. Taking a look at the weather, it'll be mainly cloudy with coastal fog, a few showers, isolated thunderstorms. Um, later, and uh, will become, the showers will become more frequent. Light to moderate so east to southeasterly winds becoming cooler. Appreciably tomorrow, showers will be heavy at times with thunderstorms at first. Temperature right now is 25 degrees Celsius, relative humidity 88%. And in the news, our top stories once again. No survivors have been found so far following yesterday's China Eastern Airlines crash in Guangxi. Troubled mainland property developer, developer Evergrande says it won't be able to publish its financial results on time and police to investigate students of a martial arts teacher who has been detained on suspicion of acting with seditious intent. That's the news from RTHK. Mm, the closer you get, the better you look, baby. The better you look, the more I want you.
touch me, baby. The deeper your touch, the more you thrill me. It's more than I can stand, girl. When you hold my hand, I feel so grand that I could cry. And I get mama the sweetest, baby the sweetest, loving you. Welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Sadia Osmani, and I hope you're feeling well today. It is a bit foggy. I think it's cleared up now, so I hope you're having a good day. And it is Tuesday, so that means we have a little bit of food and drink mentioned on the program. After one thirty, my guest on Soundbite is Cynthia Noons. Cynthia is the co-director at the Mills Fabrica. She was born in Macau, lived in the UK, and came back to Hong Kong after graduating. And she's a real foodie. She joins me to share her food memories on Soundbite. And then after 2 p.m., Andrew Dembina is here with some tasty bites of information as he updates us on the latest global and local food news. And, of course, I've got some great music. And, you know, I always look for something which is going to sort of be appropriate for the day. And here she is again, Chaka Khan and Like Sugar. (laughs) 